Yay. And we're seeing. I have clapped the clap. The clappening. Got the old clapperoo. All right. Here we go. Let's do this. Wait, let me make sure everything's. We're doing this. We do this. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. That was a little loud. <laughs> We're very excited to let be me, here this week. Let me tone it down. <laughs> Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. After dark. <laughs> My name is Nick Wells. Wait, I'm not doing that. For okay. <laughs> 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 uh, I thought, well, I guess we could do that. Yeah, you want to do that? We're doing that for real. All right. mm, no, we'll just do it again. There for real, go. for real. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. My name is Nick Wells. A Skitch256 on Twitch. Hey, yeah. Nick, how you doing? Good. I'm, I'm good. I'm doing well. Been super busy good. and uh, uh, just treading water, really. So, um, mm. mm-hmm. water uh, treading. Mm-hmm. Not <clears throat> not literal, but uh, life wise. Mm. So, yeah. Not I was really bad. confused there for a second. I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been swimming for like four days straight and. Yeah, that's odd. I feel yeah. like you should be doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you? What have you been up to? I'm doing well. I'm um, it's fall break for the my class, so like I taught today. I don't have to teach on Thursday. So my, one of my students was like, "What are you going to do for your fall break?" Because I asked them. It was like an icebreaker today, and I was like, "I want to catch up on research." <laughs> Yay! You know. Fun. And, uh, <clears throat> But I am gonna have some uh, have some good time this weekend playing some video games. Probably get a stream in, uh, so that'll be good. Yeah, since we um, since we last talked, you started playing Ori, and uh... yes. So I've actually been playing several games. <clears throat> it's kind of funny. I've been watching these different streams for Destiny, and mm-hmm. uh, people are talking about like, what are you doing to prep for the to prep for the new expansion coming out? And my answer has <laughs> always been, I'm playing other games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you? <laughs> um, I don't know how you prep for an expansion. Yeah, and uh, it's like you could get like materials and bounties and stuff like that to turn in to get experience. You know, right when the <laughs> the thing turns over, I wasn't going to do that, and I was also just kind of feeling burnout. Right. Um. So my prep for Shadowkeep was to play different games for the last week, week and a half, mm-hmm. and so I went off of a couple of suggestions from you actually. Um, Sweet. I played Banner Saga. Yeah. And I've been really enjoying that game. Um, I really want to get back into it. There's like a time issue now that Shadowkeep has come out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Banner Banner Saga is really fun. Um, different, different kind of gameplay for sure. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's like totally not action packed at all. Sorry, my cats are in here, and if you hear any weird sounds, podcast listeners, that's probably them. <laughs> so I apologize for that. Hopefully, they don't break everything in my. Of my equipment, <clears throat> they might. Uh, but yeah, Banner Saga has been cool. It's very slow. It's very methodical. It's very yeah. like you, the decisions you make any given moment could have like massive repercussions for the game, mm-hmm. and it's a little stressful, but it's fun. Yeah, uh, and the combat is fun, and there's just enough story balanced out by enough combat that it doesn't really ever get boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool. What's and then um, I played Ori in the Blind Forest, and I was not prepared. 
for how emotionally struck I was going to be <laughs> yeah. by that game. Yeah, I told you, man. It's like <clears throat> right it's like, at the beginning. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like watching. It's like it reminded me, reminded me of watching the movie Up. Yeah, right. It's like Up <laughs> is like, oh, fun Pixar movie. The kid with the balloons and a house. And that sounds fun. And there's a grumpy old man. And then you're like, why is that man so grumpy? Oh, well, let me tell you why. <laughs> In the first five minutes, because his wife is like, can't get pregnant, and then uh, dies. The color and fades, like, and then the music gets real somber, and there's no dialogue. And she like, she like trips walking up the hill that they've gone to for picnics for the past 50 years, and you're like, this is the most depressed I may ever have been in my life, mm-hmm. and it's in the Pixar movie in the first five minutes. Yep. <laughs> and so Ori is like, kind of like that. Sorry, listeners, for spoilers. Uh but you're like, this game is also like three years old. So if you haven't played it, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, about spoilers. But like, yeah, it doesn't ruin the there's game. A very, there's no, and it's li- literally the first five minutes. Yeah. Like I was, I was playing it on stream, and one of my viewers was like, "How do you start a game like that?" Yeah. I was like, "I know." <laughs> like I was saying the same thing because you're Ori, and you're this like cool little happy little feather ferret thing i don't know and then you have this like fat panda mom who's like really cute and adorable and takes care of you and then like the whole forest you're in like goes barren and fat panda mom like gives you the last bit of food that she can find in an area and then dies in like the cold of a cave and you wake up to find her dead and i was like what they call setting the tone (laughs) they set it they set the tone really quick yeah and then you're like wow this is really depressing and then like two minutes later you die (laughs) but i think what's what's brilliant about that i was watching you play and you got to the uh part where part of the forest got cleansed and then it was all like nice and that really is great contrast i think that's absolutely really good game design there and so yeah but yeah, they set the tone quick and they established the. I mean, I, but I did not expect to care that quickly about what was happening. Yeah, and I was like about to tear up on stream. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, like, I can't do that. Yeah, but that was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. It was heavy. It was really heavy. But it's a great game, and yeah. I really enjoyed the progression in it. And it's just like a, it's just like a more a more simple game. Like, and I like, you know, Destiny is this thing that never ends. It's like every week there's something to do and something to pursue and. <clears throat> and so it's kind of fun to play games that are not like that. Yeah. You know, that's just like, this is a one-off. This is a story. Just play the story and do that. Um, and I've got game pass ultimate for a while. So I'm just going to try out some different games when I can. Oh, nice. Just to like play through them. So that'd be fun. Yeah. And then of course, shadow keep came out. So I've been playing that, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a whole lot. And, uh, Nick and I are actually going to get into deep shadow keep talk. Toward the end of the podcast, we'll play like an outro and everything, and then we'll like go, you know, like we'll discuss spoilers, story, things we like, things we don't like, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be an in-depth conversation. Just be aware of that. But it's coming later. Yeah. If you don't want to get spoiled, you'll we'll definitely give you all the road signs you need for that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what about you? What you been playing? I know you've been playing Shadowkeep. Yeah, so. playing a little bit of Shadowkeep. It's really uh, I I dropped out of Destiny for for a few months there i i jumped in like once here and once there but for a while there i just wasn't in it i just wasn't about the grind it it was a little too much for me and so i i kind of abandoned it for a little bit but i totally uh, get that yeah jumping back in it it feels really 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 good um and i really like that they're diving deep into eris's story and so uh, i think 
I think it used to be a little too incremental with each release or DLC or expansion or whatever. Um, the the story going forward for each kind of character just felt so small and in- insignificant because I think they're trying to progress uh, the bigger world. And so it, it, and it, it also wasn't really all that well connected. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it was it was hard for me. And I've said it before, like I'm, I'm very much driven to play games because of the story. And so, yeah. So that was a big deal for me. Um, it just got to a point in Destiny 2 before Shadowkeep came out where I was just like, I, I don't, there's not really much that I'm getting from here. So right. I'm just going to kind of put it away. And I mean, at, at the same time, like I'm not an elite player. I wasn't going for, for you know, first, first one doing the raid or anything like that. So I didn't right, need to grind right. out materials and try to level up as fast as possible. So it was really nice to jump back in and just have that kind of feeling that I got with um, Forsaken and yeah. with, uh, you know, Summon Destiny 1 where new content comes out and it's just really fun exploring and figuring things out. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been really good getting into Destiny 2 uh, or into Shadowkeep. Um, I've also been playing, so, you know, I was playing Banner Saga. I, um, I'm i like one or two chapters from finishing the game. Uh, but I just Yeah, kind I was of, curious about that. I put it on hold um, <clears throat> because I wanted to play something that, that was a little more um, in depth as far as gameplay. Um, okay. And Banner Saga, it it's so the way I think there are three of them out now, and I, I'm not sure if there's a fourth one that's supposed to come out. But each game mm. is chapters of the entire story. So the first oh, cool. game is like chapters one through seven, and then the second one's eight through like fourteen or something like that. Fifteen. Oh, interesting. Okay. So each game builds on on the previous one. Yeah. And so. Um, so I didn't feel like in, in much hurry to, to finish it. But, yeah, talking mm-hmm. about getting into another, a game that I can get in depth with. I started playing uh, this game called Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, yeah. And it's a you yeah. know, medieval game. Um, no I'm fantasy. I'm not at all surprised if you're enjoying that game. Yeah. Well, I was really frustrated because, like, the first, <laughs> the first two or three hours is the prologue. Like, I, I was <laughs> right. like, right. I was like, this game feels so sluggish and like you know in the prologue they don't really give you much ability or and i just felt mm-hmm. slow and and kind of lame and just the i hated the the combat system and i hated every, how everything felt but i just kept playing because the story was kind of intriguing yeah. and so um but after like three hours the title scene final plays i'm like oh that was the prologue okay <laughs> i get it now yeah that part's not about supposed setting the to tone be fun again. yeah yeah um yeah. But yeah, I I, found, I probably got like twelve hours into it, um, maybe more. But it's it's yeah. it's really fun, really interesting to play a game like this where um, there's no fantasy elements, there's no magic, there's no like wizards right. or anything like that. It's supposed to be very much like a medieval simulation, and so um, one thing I really don't like is sometimes the animations really really slow you down. So like drawing your sword. For some reason, when you hit the button, it takes literally two seconds for for him to start drawing the sword. Same thing with putting the sword away. I counted the 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 time between triggering and when the animation started, and it's two seconds for both, which just makes it right. feel real sluggish. So, you right. know, I hit the button to draw my sword, and then like I have to wait two seconds for him to bring it out before I can even start swinging. Um, and I, I think that's just like a mistake in the design as far as like yeah. gameplay. Um, there are other things like lock picking just feels so frustrating. Um, <laughs> feels like cause real like, lock picking. <laughs> yeah. And I think you hit a point where simulation, 
um, the, I forgot what the name of the curb is, but like you, you get a bounce between simulation and actual fun. And like uh-huh. the lock picking system is just super unfun. And like every ever right. forums, I've read like different things and people are just like, it's just not fun. You just have to suffer through it. And I'm just like, well, that's kind of bad design, game design. It's a video game. Design. Yeah. It's supposed to yeah. be fun. So, um, but it's not terrible. Same thing with combat system. It's pretty cool. Um, just how, mm. how, uh, complex it is so like you can actually strike from different angles you can do different types of strikes you can block um and it's very very in-depth and i think the combat system is a lot of fun uh the archery it's frustrating like there's no crosshair so like you're having to just oh gosh and i i get it that again like i get it that they're trying to do a simulation but at the same time I will have a better understanding of where I'm shooting if I can bring the bow up to my eye in real life. The game's right. not doing that. So you got to give mm-hmm. me some sort of compensation to um, to adjust for the fact that I can't do things in this game that I can usually do in real life. Yeah. So, like, I mean, even as a, um, as a beginner archer, you can probably dr- draw the bowstring back and you can probably bring it up to your eye. In this game, it doesn't bring it up to your eye. You just kind of have to guess <laughs> where it's going to hit and... And so stuff like that. He doesn't love that. (laughs) And so, I mean, making an option, like, if I want to crosshair or if not, um, there's no, like, PvP, I don't think. Um, Right. And so, or I'm just playing the campaign single player, so it shouldn't make a difference whether I want to crosshair there or not to anyone else but myself. So. Right. um, And I've heard, I read on forums, like, people are like, just put a little sticker on your your TV and you'll never miss. And I'm just like... Yeah, because that's fun. Yeah, it shouldn't be my responsibility <laughs> in playing this game to put a piece of stick a sticker on my TV just to be able to shoot the, have the bow be fun. Um, so there are things like that. Oh, but, man. I mean, overall, the game is beautiful. I think the story is really well told. It feels like they had actual, like, uh, cinematographers, like, directing the, the game and the shots and stuff like that. So um, cool. really, really well-made game. I really hope that this same studio kind of builds off of this and creates like a fantasy, yeah. fantasy, medieval fantasy type game too. So That'd like cool. completely different world or whatever, but using the same engine and the same, you know, uh, assets and all that kind of thing. Um, with crosshairs. Yeah. With crosshairs, but with magic and, uh, you know, yeah, more, f- uh, fantastical type creatures and that sort of thing. Cause I think this, that would be cool. This game feels really fun overall. Um, yeah and it's it's really kind of in the direction of where like um it's like a it's what a polished skyrim should be you know oh okay so um so yeah really fun game um just a couple of little qualms here and there but it's it's pretty cool a lot of fun yeah it's kind of funny you're talking about those things that are like too much like real life yeah and I just think it's hilarious whenever the like you're experiencing something online mm-hmm. or like in a digital media that recreates an experience that you like a, a real life experience that you're trying to avoid by going online. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, like when I was trying to get tickets to Endgame and I was like, you're in a two hour queue. I was like, yeah. I buy tickets online to avoid getting in a line <laughs> yeah. at a theater. And now I'm in a two-hour queue. <laughs> I just think that's such a funny thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, second, second life is supposed to be a life simulator, but even then, they're not trying to like. They're you trying can fly to fly in that game. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 still a simulator of some sort, like simulation. Right. But 
you know, they don't want to make it like you have to walk across the entire country just to get somewhere or across wherever all the worlds. Because that wouldn't be fun. That would be super annoying. Um, And And they don't make you like tie your shoes or button up a shirt. Like like, all the strings you might try and figure out how to do like on a, right with like controls and that wouldn't work you right know, just like it's, all that yeah it's like a um a games journal said about red dead redemption 2 just because you can do something in a video game doesn't mean you should um yes agreed. so you know like red dead redemption 2 i wish i could skip some of the skinning stuff because like after a couple seconds or after not a couple seconds after like 10 or 12 times of it happening you're just like okay i'm done i don't need to sit through all this these animations there's no point right and making me like sit through them and wait. It it just got really annoying um after like the fiftieth or sixtieth time that, that you do it. So Or like the horse testicles change based on the temperature. It's yeah. like do we really do you really need to use game assets for that? Yeah. I mean Never once did I did I ever see it. Um because like I I never really paid I mean, attention to it. You gotta be looking. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be looking for it. Yeah. So And if you're if you're spending your time in Red Dead Redemption two doing that mm-hmm. I, I think I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's one of those things to where I think they were testing the technology to see if they can do oh, certain yeah. things. But as far as it being in the game, I think if the game could be optimized better without it, like taking up resources and game resources, then yeah. I think you should go without it because it's not necessary. They spent um, all that time wondering if they could. They never stopped to ask if they should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. It's been it's been pretty fun, uh, but glad to kind of get back into Shadowkeep. I've been, I I don't want to say grinding, but you know just playing different things, and I've been leveling up pretty pretty quickly, and that's been really fun. Yeah, cool. Um, because Kingdom Come is not like that. You know, it's a very <laughs> very uh, incremental progression. Leveling up the skill takes one hundred hours to yeah. do one level. <laughs> yeah. Like in real life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can actually, in, in Kingdom Come, you can actually read a book and you have to like fast or you have to like sit there and read and wait for time to, to progress. And you can sit there and hit the read button and study and then pick how many hours to finish the book. And these books sometimes wow. take like eight or nine hours. And so you have to just sit there and let it like fast, uh, fast move through the time. And so there's stuff like that where it's like again they're doing a simulation, but I'm really glad they don't it's actually like make too you wait much. Hours. It's just yeah, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Like we play video games for fun. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's it's weird. So yeah, I mean it's it's a really cool game. I hope they learned from it in the next game. Um, like the the studio, they did a great job with the game. So I'm and really that might be right up somebody's alley. Mm-hmm. Like somebody really might like that realism. It's not me. I, sure. I, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to poop on anybody's parade. I just. Right. Well, yeah. you can probably guarantee you that a majority doesn't like that. Maybe yeah, a small I, minority I will like it. But, I mean, me, even me, I like, like, 80% or 85% of the <clears throat> simulation aspect of this game. It's really right. fun to me. I really like that kind of stuff. And I think that's where, yeah. like, Fallout and Skyrim games, it was a lot of fun because they were kind of um, going more towards the simulation-based stuff. Um, right. But, you know, again, they were... They were wanting to make sure that everything you do in the game is fun. Um, so <laughs> making that balance. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, so today, yeah, I, I kind of pitched the idea of talking about Bungie and Activision. Um, yeah. You know, as as you know, they split uh, a few months back. 
Was it more than a few yeah. months? Probably six, seven months. Uh, it's probably like six months ago that we probably that we heard. I, I I can't remember exactly, but it's been a while. Yeah, and I, I wanted to talk since um, Activision is now coming out with um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, it's really right. interesting to see what Bungie is doing with Destiny and where Activision is going to be going with their properties. So I wanted to kind of talk yeah. talk about that. What you see, what you we're going to speculate a little bit as well. Um, right. So. I guess with Bungie, um, where have you seen them go that you feel is different from where they were with Activision? As a company, and this is something that if you're just an average Destiny player, you just like pick up the game, but you don't follow the them on Twitter or anything like that, and that's totally fine if you are. <clears throat> you may not notice a whole lot um, at first, but like if you do follow them on Twitter, or if you read their blogs, they're they sound different. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way that they communicate with the community is markedly different. Yeah. Um, and better um, on the whole. They're much more open. They're much more transparent. They're much more willing to take chances in some ways with stuff and then be like, oh, that's not the best decision. We're going to change that. Or, yeah, we feel really good about this. We're doing that. Um, <clears throat> so it's a really interesting thing. Um, so an example would be, so the raid came out on Saturday <clears throat> and released on Saturday at 12 o'clock central time. And, uh, for the first 24 hours, they have this modifier on called a contest and contest basically makes it where if you are a certain power level in the game, uh, like it doesn't grant you any benefits as far as the amount of damage you do or the amount of damage you receive from enemies. Yeah. Uh, like past a certain level. So even, like if you're a grinder, like a real grinder, and you've played like 15 hours a day getting ready for the raid, like you might be level 960 and the raid is level 930, and you might think, like in the old days, it was like, well, that's 30 levels past the requirement. So that person's going to be, it's going to be a lot easier for that person mm-hmm. than someone who's at a lower light level. Well, they changed it. Now a contest is like, okay, you're not going to get any benefits past like light level 935, Right. right? So then it's like everyone's at an even playing field for the first 24 hours, and it really comes down to team composition, skill level, communication, the ability to figure out the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And it's not about I played 60 hours and you can only play 20. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm telling you all that to set it up where if you do it in the first 24 hours, there's like a unique emblem that you could get mm-hmm. um, that you can't get after that 24-hour period is done. Um, <clears throat> and so Bungie made a change on the day of the raid. There were some like server issues and stuff like that. And they basically like they tacked on two extra hours to be able to get the emblem. But those two extra hours didn't have the contest modifier on. So the raid became a lot easier for people because their light level started kicking in and mattering. Right. And like giving them benefits. Whereas the people who some people stayed up for like 17, 18, 19 hours trying to beat this thing in the first day. Yeah. And that's to me that's excessive like I, I would not do that but i mean some of my favorite streamers were doing it and it's like if you're cool with that and you can get sleep later that's fine i guess but <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but like they were upset about it because they're like i went to sleep after 20 hours of this mm-hmm. because i thought that there was no chance and if i had known that i could log back on four hours later and it would be way easier and i could still get the emblem like that that just takes away the prestige of the sure. emblem yeah. Right. Um, one of the most famous Destiny players, Datto, he 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 tried to beat the Forsaken raid in the first day. 
he beat it at 24 hours and two minutes. God. So he, he missed that cutoff by two minutes. <clears throat> right. But he didn't get the, so he didn't get the emblem for yeah. the rate for the 24 hour rate. And he was fine with it. Cause he's like, that's the rules. Like it was two minutes later. People are memeing in his channel all the time. 2402, like mm-hmm. totally messing with them all the time. It's like a number that will go down in infamy. Right. <laughs> so, so Bungie came out with this announcement, like, there's extra two hours, no contest modifier. You still get the emblem. Yeah. And content creators were upset, not just content creators, but raiders in general. And I, this is a really long setup. I apologize. But basically, like, the, like Bungie came out a couple days ago and said, you'll still get the emblem. Today, they tweeted out, and they're like, you know what? We've thought about it. We've reviewed more information, and we're not going to do that. Mm. <clears throat> so it's like... A couple of days later, they, they, you know, people could say they backpedaled, but I think that they're also just like listened to their community and made a quick de- and made a decision to rectify the situation. Yeah, sure. And they're really sticking with it. And it's just cool to see, it's cool to see them being like really open and transparent about what's going on. Yeah. And so they also just seem more relaxed. Yeah. Like I, I really feel like Activision had a lot of control over what they were allowed to say and how they were allowed to speak to the community. Yeah. Um, because it was Activision's, like, they were publishing the game. Mm-hmm. And I, Bungie's very professional. Like, they're never mean to people. From what I can tell, like, the official Bungie account is not mean to people. Right. Or things like that. But they're just very, they just seem a lot more open. Sure. And it's cool. Yeah. And as far as the game goes, it just seems like they're really saying, we're making the game we want to make. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that might be and good. I'm sure when, um, even... So even like release schedules and content and all that stuff, yeah. I'm sure they had to clear all that with Activision. So like, oh, hundred percent. So I th- I'm sure that now they don't have to answer to anybody. They can say, okay, this is the roadmap we want to go with. We don't have to clear mm-hmm. this with you know anyone above us. There is right. no one above us. Yeah. So we, we can kind yeah, of do I mean, things on push, our own terms. They push Shadowkeep back two weeks. Yeah, right. Um, and they had never done that before, and it was like everyone was totally fine with that. Um. Just things like that. Uh, and then the game is really doubling down on like RPG mechanics. Like right. they've released armor that has a lot more like a, a much deeper like perk and stat system. Love it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. great. And, and uh, they just really are pursuing that direction. Whereas when Destiny 2 came out, mm-hmm. it was very obvious that they, I think that they were in many ways pushed to um, make the game a more appealing to a broader audience sure. rather than rather than go in depth with the audience that was there already. Right. And so it just seems obvious that they're like, they're making a lot of really strong moves for their community, for the game that they want to make. Yeah. And they're being very open and honest about that. And it's just really cool to see. Well, I mean, that's kind of what uh, World of Warcraft did. Uh, when, when WoW came out, I'm sure that every time they added to the game or they expanded or did DLC or whatever, they weren't thinking like, how can we continue to add and appeal to a more broad audience? They're probably saying, let's keep the audience that we have and then we'll just make it so that if people want to jump on, they can jump on. We'll give them resources and help them kind of get acclimated to the world and to the gameplay and everything. But I mean, I'm sure that if, if I jumped in well right now, it would feel super complicated or whatever, but I'm sure I would have a lot of fun and, not feel like i'm being pandered to and i'm sure the existing um people that are playing have been playing forever and you know if not they'll be able to jump right back in and play it and so i think that is a smart play on bungie's um on bungie's behalf i guess they they are thinking more in the future and keeping the player base that they have because 
you always have a big push whenever something new comes out, but then player base drops off significantly. Oh, yeah. So they shouldn't be trying to shoot for a higher starting number. They should be trying to shoot for a more consistent number over time. Well, and the really funny thing is, um, I need to verify these numbers, but I think that the first day had 15 million people. Goodness. Yeah, they did have server issues. The game. Um, they had tons of server, server issues, mm-hmm. but they were like, right when the game started on Steam, there were like over 200,000 concurrent players there. Yeah. And then like over the course of that whole day, I think there were like 15 million unique logins to yeah. Destiny. And and so it's like Bungie, you know, they separated from Activision. Mm-hmm. They created a free-to-play version of Destiny. So the entire first year of Destiny 2 is free to anybody who wants to play on Steam, yeah. Xbox, PlayStation. You can cross-save across any of those different platforms. Yeah. There are no more exclusives, like based off of the platform that you're on, which is really nice. <laughs> um <clears throat> Like, and, and then it's like, it's interesting, like they're doubling down on their vision and I don't think I've ever seen that many people playing the game. Yeah. Like, um, like that, I feel like that's record breaking numbers for the game. And I, I feel like with the schedule and with everything that they're doing with it, I think they can keep a more consistent player base, um, throughout the season. So. And then whenever the new stuff drops next season, again, it'll jump up a little bit, but I think the player base will stay a little more consistent. Um, and, I think it will, yeah. and which is something that I don't think they were able to do because they're having to answer to a publish, publisher saying, okay, how can we monetize certain things? How can we make things yeah. um, go better and, you know, make more money for us? And I think if right. money is your ultimate motivation, you're only going to keep a certain type of player. Um, and destiny just yeah. isn't that type of game. Um, you have uh-uh. to really, if you want to keep that player base, you're going to have to simplify the game, dumb it down and make it, super accessible and easy to jump in and out of that's that's why you have games like call of duty and games like battlefield kind of where battlefield's going mm. um and you know those types of games uh so and i let's think, talk about that publisher and that call of duty yeah so activision um i i feel like we've i think we've talked a little bit about it before um activision it's really we've never seen a split like this where uh, no. Game dev split from their publisher and were able to retain their rights to the property that they're working on. Right. And this is a huge property. And when Forsaken came out, you can kind of see that there was definitely a uh, divide with what the game dev wanted and what the publisher wanted because Bungie Absolutely. was happy with Forsaken. Activision wasn't. Even though it didn't do poorly in numbers, again, Activision didn't like the numbers it didn't that do it did as get. well as they had projected right and and that was the thing again like super short-sighted uh and i think activision seeing how much money ea is making i think they're trying to jump on that boat and say we need a property that can make us billions of dollars every year and something that right. we can monetize every little thing about and so call of duty ended up being that franchise which is really sad because like i used to be a huge call of duty person i i remember playing mm. the first like four on pc yeah way way back yeah. I, I loved the franchise and then it just became more and more like arcadey and very much about the pvp aspect of it and then just yeah. got to a point where i it just wasn't the type of game that i like playing anymore but that's right that's where 
what Activision's mindset is on is it's monetizing and, and getting yeah. more, you know, for their properties. And so just some history, like uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 came out last year. Mm-hmm. And it was really well accepted. Like, um, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people liked the PvP. There was a Battle Royale mode that people seemed to really enjoy. Um, Like, I remember Skill Up had a really very positive review of the game as a whole. And there was, like, a zombie mode that was really well accepted. Um, And then about a month after the game came out, they released the microtransactions for the game. Mm -hmm. And they were... They were monetizing a lot of things, Uh, monetizing weapons that were unique that you could only get through purchases. Um, I remember there was like a huge like dumpster fire on Reddit about a red dot. Like you could you You had to pay for the red dot. You could you had to pay for the red dot site um, as a microtransaction, and so like. I remember Scallop actually took his first review down because yeah. he made a he made a second part that said like this monetization is so anti-consumer yeah. that I like it I wasn't... can't talk about the game without discussing these. But they released these a month later so that the review cycles would all say the game was good yeah. and then not talk about the microtransactions. So it's just like really slimy practices like that mm-hmm. that get me going like, well, I don't want to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think there there has to be um, there just has to be some sort of of thought that your players aren't cash cows. You can't think of them yeah. like that. And I think these publishers are doing that. They're thinking, well, EA's making billions with their cash cows. Let's we need to come up with some way to cash our pl- or to to milk our players as well. We and don't think you're cows, listeners. We think you're people. I don't. I think you're... But it would be fun to You could to be see bots. You, you could be robots, but we think you're people. It would be fun to see a bunch of cows playing Modern Warfare. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of cows listening to the Every Gamer yeah. podcast. And if you... <laughs> like, finally, yeah. some recognition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our numbers went up by 10. Cool. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. I, I, this is a very cow-friendly podcast. Yeah. Uh, we welcome people and cows and robots. Yeah. And I think... I think Activision is at a point right now where they don't really care about the kind of negative feedback they're going to get about monetization. They know that there's going to be people out there that's going to spend the money on it. and It It won't matter until it hurts their wallet. Sure, absolutely. When it hurts their wallet, they will back off big time. Like like they did with... um, um, No, EA was... uh, They did Battlefront Mm 2. Once it became like serious legal issues or like rumors of that or really hurt their wallet mm-hmm. then they backed off of those things and they even but it's like it was only they keep on pushing until gamers get frustrated and angry mm-hmm. and like really angry and then they make changes but then they just keep coming back so yeah that's what happened with battlefront they took them out temporarily and then after everything calmed down they put them back in um From what I understand, that game is in a really good spot right now, but it's been like really, it's been tarnished Mm -hmm. for a long time because of that stuff. Absolutely, and I think, I think it's just really sad. That's that's where the industry is going. I yeah, my whole thing is fine. You know, if you're gonna, if publishers are going to do that, if they're gonna try to make money off of certain properties, fine. You know. Don't do it with everything. I think that's the thing that's mm. frustrating me is every publisher is trying to do that with every property. 
Right. Um, and what's happening is the quality of the properties are going to crap. Um, right. And then, right. so cue Ubisoft. Um, <laughs> so what's going on with Speak Ubisoft? The devil. Yeah. <laughs> so Ubisoft is real, now, and I will say this, I haven't played Breakpoint at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm going just off of opinions I've heard. Uh, and perspectives on the game. Um, so Ubisoft is coming out with a new game, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So Ghost Recon is like, I mean, I remember it from back in the day, like early 2000s or like um, that time period where it was out, but it was a very different feeling game than like a Call of Duty or a Halo. It was very tactical. It was yeah. team-based. It was like you commanded a different soldiers to go different places and do different activities. And mm-hmm. like you conquered that in a very tactical way, which is really cool. Um, and now like Ubisoft, like you're talking about, like all these publishers are moving in this direction. So Ubisoft releases Breakpoint or they're about to release it. Um, they, it's already released. It's oh, okay. It's yep. released. It's out beginning and of October. But beforehand, there was a beta, and people were just like, why did they make certain design decisions in this game? Like, part of it's like, you, like, crash land in the middle of a Amazon forest or whatever, and you're alone. Like, I cannot stress this enough, listener. You are alone. <laughs> uh, and the whole point of the game is for you to fight back this, like, militant enemy group mm-hmm. by yourself, Right. So after the opening mission, what do you do? You wake up at your home base and there's like a hundred other people there who are all playing the game, right? Like it's a social space. <laughs> yeah. And so people who are playing the game are like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I'm supposed to be here by myself. Why are there like a hundred people here who are like teabagging and yep. doing like jumping jacks and dancing over there? And they were just like, I really feel like this place was invented just so people could show off like different gear that they have to encourage people to buy things at the microtransaction store. But they didn't have the microtransaction store available at the beta, so people knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. So, But people who ended up paying like $120 for like this like ultimate whatever mega hyper wonderful edition because they have all these different names for this, these editions now, like these half dozen editions for these games now. Like they got early access to the game and this guy published all of the microtransactions that were available on Reddit. Mm -hmm. Like, like he, like he posted pictures of them on Reddit. You can purchase literally everything in that game. Mm -hmm. You can purchase weapons. You can purchase weapon skins. You can purchase clothes. You can purchase vehicles. You can purchase skill points. You can purchase experience points. Mm -hmm. You can purchase. I mean, if there's something in the game, you can buy it with real money. Mm -hmm. And so this, like some of these early reviews are coming out saying like, it really feels like it's just a vehicle for microtransactions. And then you see this stuff on Reddit and it's like, oh yeah, this is like a vehicle for microtransactions. Mm -hmm. Like this is what this is made for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you see, so we've been seeing them add monetization to games like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. And it definitely yeah. felt like they were testing the waters there. Um, but with those games, they're very much about the single-player experience, the, the main campaign. And it didn't yeah. really affect things um, too badly. Um, but I think with this game, I think they're going to try to move to PvP. And um, being able to buy experience points and upgrade your player and that sort of thing could drastically... Um, change how the game goes but another thing is like it's it's really kind of a annoying shortcut 
And they even they even backpedaled on it and said that they, it wasn't supposed to be in the game when it released. Well, I don't think they're doing PvP, but I do think you can play co-op. Mm-hmm. Right, so here, here's an interesting thought process, right? Okay, so let's go back to Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, there was some drama around that game because you could buy an XP like multiplier. Uh, if you're not familiar, XP is experience points. <laughs> and you, use, you get experience points in order to level up your character, right? And you level up your character so you can finish the game. So they had you doing like all these different quests and things like that in order to get enough experience points so you could level up so you could finish the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could buy a XP multiplier so that you didn't have to do that as much to get to the final level that you needed to get to or get to whatever the next level you needed to get to. And so there's this idea of like, Oh, well, they created that so that people who really want to grind for a really long time can do that. Uh, and then you, like that would probably be their statement. But then if you don't want to do that, you can purchase this multiplier, right? And it'll mm-hmm. save you some time. And then part of you goes like, okay, one, why did you fill up your game with like needless fluff so that you players would have to grind for a really long time? Like in a way that they probably wouldn't want to. Right. Like, why why put that in an Assassin's Creed game? It's not really ever been there before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be there, but you put it in there. Uh, and so the thought process is, well, you might have done it so that you can encourage people to buy this XP multiplier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? So there's that. Okay, so take that thought process, and let's go to Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Mm-hmm. Ghost Recon Breakpoint has these things where you can buy experience multipliers or experience points. So they call them time savers. They're literally called time savers under, like, the umbrella and the microtransaction store, right? Yeah. And they, they said, like... <clears throat> They eventually came out and said, like, we put these in the game so that people who came in later to play would be able to level up quickly so they could play with their friends at whatever activity their friends were playing at. And you're like, okay, no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> like, you might have, uh, but that's not why they're in there. They're in there because you want to make money, yeah. and you created this game that's going to be unnecessarily grindy so that people will be more encouraged to purchase things that boost their experience right. points so that they don't have to spend as much time. And so that's kind of ridiculous. And on top of that, it's like, why don't you make a system? Why don't you make an interesting system that rewards players who are playing at different levels mm-hmm with gear that's comparable to them and make the difficulty manageable. And you might go, well, that seems really difficult. Well, Borderlands 3 just did it. Yeah. Borderlands 3 came up with a system where if you're at a different level than your bud, your bud sees enemies at his level and you see enemies at your level and you both get gear at your respective levels. Yeah. It's like, do not put the failure to innovate on your consumers for more microtransaction funding so that they can skip unnecessary grindy aspects of your game. Right. Well, I mean, you know um, what I'm saying? that's, that's yeah. level scaling. I mean, Borderlands did it in Borderlands 2. Destiny does it. Um, the Division. I mean, that's a Ubisoft game, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that has level scaling. That has... Um, right. Enemy scaling. So it does. It has a really, it has a really intuitive level scaling. It's re- yeah, it's really, really good too. So like, why does this game not have it? I mean, you. It doesn't you, have it. You went backwards. Um, it doesn't have it, so that people will buy time savers. Yeah, exactly. Like that's like it's hard for me to think of another reason why you'd ha- not have that. Like, why you're not sharing the systems mm-hmm. because they're sharing everything else in the game. Like we've already talked about the similarities between these vastly different IPs, right? Like Assassin's Creed or Far Cry or. Uh, Ghost Recon, like these are totally different IPs, but they all somehow are starting to look like the exact same types of games with mm-hmm. microtransactions built into them. So it's just, 
Yeah, it becomes really frustrating to see it happen. And I I think that Ghost Recon is taking a lot of flack for it, or like Ubisoft is. And so they're backpedaling on these time savers, saying they weren't meant to be in the game. And I just don't believe it. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't buy it. I'm like, you 100% meant to put them in the game. Yeah. But you got called out for it, and now you're pulling them back. It's it's one, and, and they said, and they also said, for now. Yeah. Like, they're bringing them back. Yeah. They're just taking them out so you forget about them. Yeah, it's one thing to say that you didn't mean to. Like, it, it that's, I think that's one thing that's pissing a lot of people off. It's like, you did mean to. You just don't like how it was uh, received. So received don't, yeah d- you did mean i mean to. don't don't lie about it just say that okay we we get it you guys don't like this we're gonna take it out just say that yeah people aren't gonna think that you're just trying <laughs> to um to corporate speak and and make you feel better about stuff and so um i think that's one thing right. that's really pissing a lot of people off and i think that's something that activision does it's something that ea does and it it's it yeah. it makes the players people feel like they're just you know, they're nothing because like well, you're not talking to them like you humans. feel spoken down to by a company that you know is doing something to get more yeah, money out absolutely. of you. And so you feel like they're talking to you like, well, we we did this because we really wanted to be helpful to you. And you're like, no, you didn't. You didn't do that like that. I mean, maybe some of you are altruistic and thought, let's do this. But why, why make us pay more money mm-hmm. for it? Like, why not make it earnable in-game? Right. Like, why not give us something that gives us XP boost and XP multipliers for doing stuff in the game? Like, we, we already paid $60 for this. Some people already paid $120 for this. And then you're going to put in more microtransactions yeah. to get stuff? Like, why? Yeah. And How much is enough? I think another thing that's pissing people off is that this isn't a complete game. <clears throat> like, the game... Yeah. I was watching some video on it, and, like... It just doesn't look good. It looks not great. Um, it just, I don't know. They're... The visuals look fine to me. The biggest complaint I've heard is that the yeah, AI is the just The AI stupid. is pretty pretty dumbed down. <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel fleshed out, I guess. Um, it just feels yeah. like yeah. they're really close to having something that could be fun. But like, And I played, I played uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands um, a little bit. And there were a lot of things yeah. about it that was super, super fun. Uh, they got rid of the the team thing, like having a squad with you to be able to give out commands. I think that's a pretty big mistake. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think so too. That seems like the spirit of Ghost Recon. And yeah, just a squad. You have a squad. And then um, right. it would make sense if you can choose whether to have a squad or not. Um, and when I think it'd be so cool to have... To have a squad, and then if you have real players that are with you, they could select yeah. a character, and you could have like a team of four real people that are doing this, or you could have intelligent AI that help you in this if you yeah, don't exactly. have other players with you. But that to me seems like the spirit of this is another part of it, too. It's like they changed the spirit mm-hmm. of this game in order to be able to create opportunities right. to monetize, and that's that's yeah, and the game just kind of feels kind of bleh. So, um, it's yeah. it's sad, I think. Activision just doesn't care. They just they want some sort of. Well, this is Ubisoft. Well, this is Ubisoft. Uh, Activision, but yeah. uh, Ubisoft. They they just want they want to get in the game as well with EA and Activision and be able to have some sort of cash cow, some sort of property right. that's going to continue to make the money because they built this really big world, um, and I can see them adding to it for the next five, eight years, um, and so, um, 
it's just sad. It's sad seeing Ubisoft go this direction because they were like one of the three big publishers that were that were pretty chill on the monetization stuff. Um, and they were still making decent games, yeah. you know, like like even with the microtransactions issues that were in some of these games, like most people were still enjoying mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed and most people were still enjoying Far Cry and like they were still like good. Right. Games. And I think. Th- and now it's like Ghost Recon doesn't feel very good, and it's obviously like a microtransaction. Yeah. Well, they hit they hit a vehicle, wall with Assassin's yeah. Creed because they're they're trying to release a new Assassin's Creed game every year, and people got to a point yeah. to where it's like the quality is just crap. You know, you're just releasing properties just to release Assassin's Creed games. There's there's no point to it, and so right. instead they they stopped after a few years of that. They stopped and they're like, okay, we get it. Our games aren't up to snuff, so we're gonna kind of redo it. So with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, thank you, Truck, for making a lot of noise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, they kind of rewrote everything and just made it. Um, they, and, yeah. And it was a big hit. And same thing with Odyssey. Yeah. Again, and then Far Cry Five, I think was it. Far Cry Five is one of my favorite games. It was it was really really right. well written. The characters were very. Uh, memorable. Um, the gameplay was super yeah. solid, and so um, it's just sad to to see them do this to Call of Duty or not Call uh, Ghost Recon, um, because Ghost right. Recon was one of those games that uh, Breakpoint was one of those games that I, I actually wanted to play. I was I was planning on getting it mm. at some point, but now with the release and seeing the gameplay and seeing all the stuff that's going on with it, I'm like I I don't want to sink money into it because I know that. It's one of those games where they don't want just $60 or $120. They want thousands over years. They want thousands and thousands of dollars from you over the next five or 10 years. That's what they're looking for. Right. And so, um, right. And we've seen that with, um, with a lot of things. So like, um, Disney, they don't want to just release properties once and have a big box office. They're creating their own streaming service so that you're on a monthly payment. You're on a subscription model. Right. That's the way that Adobe Creative Cloud is. You know, they used to release individual properties and you'd buy it outright and you you'd own it. But now it's you gotta pay their monthly, you know, costs and then you get to have all these things. But you're paying right every month and that all totals up. So um it's you're seeing it with, with everything and it's getting really frustrating. And I think the market's gonna just be flooded with subscription services. Um I know. I'm very. I'm very curious what that's going to look like. Because I, in many ways, I feel like you know we 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 stepped away from cable so we could enjoy these streaming services because of the things yeah. that they offered that were unique. And now I feel like there's just going to be a bunch of streaming services that we're all going to be annoyed by yeah. instead. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's it really uh, is annoying because like Netflix used to be really really awesome because they offered a lot of different properties and now all those properties are trying to split and create their own streaming services and like the markets just get yeah. super flooded with streaming services and um yeah. what's happening yeah. i think is a market is going to start to split i mean it's even happened to me i used to have hulu and netflix and then um mm-hmm. I, I i couldn't afford to have both of them so i got rid of hulu and like i'm starting to now that netflix jacked their prices up i'm i'm thinking about getting rid of netflix and getting hulu it's right. it's really frustrating um I agree. So, I agree. Um, I really hate that that's where everything is going towards. Uh, but we'll we'll keep an eye on yeah. Ubisoft and Activision and and see where things are going. I'm really excited for for Destiny. Um, 
I'm re- I'm kind of I, I took a look at the Eververse store and I, it kind of sucked because there are a lot of things on there that you can only buy with real money that I thought was pretty cool and I wanted it. Um, yeah, sure. So that that sucks to me. I, I really hate that. Uh, and yeah, I wish there that. was some sort of exchange to where like you get so much bright dust to silver. So instead of having to actually, um, and it could be like a two to one or three to one or something like that. Um, but right. I, I really hate that like certain things you absolutely and it's not just certain it's a lot of things that you absolutely have to buy with with money. Um, right. And so um, that's really frustrating, and I'm I really hope Destiny doesn't. I want them to balance it back in the other direction to where um, a lot of this stuff can still be earned through gameplay. Um, so, like, yeah. there's um, there's an armor set that I, I really want to complete, but I, there's no other way of, for me to get it now other than buying it. Which armor set the, was it? Kale's Heart or whatever. Because, like, there's no more Eververse bounties, right? Yeah, there's no, no more... But well, you can still get bright dust. You just get them from other bounties. But I can't now. get it. You can't buy it with bright dust. You have to buy it with silver. And oh, so okay. there's, I can't do bounties to receive, engrams or whatever for, for right. that. And in the store, you can only buy it with silver, not not bright dust. And there's no conversion from bright dust yeah, to silver. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like, so there's no way for me to complete it right now. Um, I don't know if it's gonna drop right. randomly or what's what's the deal with it or so, it's is that's really frustrating. That's just sure. really frustrating. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, I I do see that the property now has the legs to go, you know, past the ten year, like agreement that they had. Oh yeah. Um, you know, yeah. with with them taking over the Destiny two property now, I think that they can. Uh, Destiny two is gonna last a lot longer than it would have with Activision, which is. Which is so. a bad thing because we want Destiny three as well, but it's also a good thing because they can do a lot more of what they want to do with Destiny two, and I think. Well, there and there might be one on next gen mm-hmm. consoles. And I think I think that'll give them time to, like, really optimize Destiny three, like, release yeah. it in a state where it's done, and not just in a state that, all right, we need to make back some of our money, and we'll just kind of you know fix it as we go. That's. That's up so. <laughs> I'm really frustrated with that that whole system. Yeah. Um, so. well, speaking of destiny, do we want to go ahead and do our traditional sign off, and then we'll uh, get into yeah, yeah. Talk? So uh, for those of you that are uh, done listening and don't want any shadow keep spoilers, um, thank you guys for listening. You can uh, check us out on um, Twitter at the EG Podcast. Same thing with Instagram, and um, I'm on Twitter at Nick J Wells. Uh, ben. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at sketch256 and also on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash sketch256. Yeah, and so are you still, what's your uh, streaming schedule like now? I uh, still like Tuesdays, Thursdays, okay. generally like 7, 7.30 to about 10, 10.30, something like that at night, uh, uh, Central Time, and then whenever gotcha. else I can. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys let us know what you what you think about Bungie and Activision splitting, kind of where you see these games going. Um Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, Destiny 2. Do you like the changes? If you if you guys have been playing it recently, do you like the changes that have happened? Have you seen a big difference between where the game is now and where it was when it released under Activision? Um, let us know what you guys think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, thank you guys for 
thanks yeah, for thanks, tuning in. Thanks for listening to this one, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one. So let's talk spoilers. Shadow Keep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to talk to the. Uh, let's talk through the strengths and weaknesses, and then I've got a theory. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About the darkness that I want to share that I, I haven't seen anywhere else yet. Where, where are you at right now in the in the story in the campaign? I guess or whatever. <clears throat> so like I finished the campaign sure. altogether, um, and let's just talk through some strengths. I feel like the campaign is sure. really strong. Um, there's, different there's different opinions on this. I've seen, and I totally get that. It is very yes. short, um, and some people are really not fans of that, and I totally get that. And I will say it ended really abruptly. And that's that's probably like that's one of like the biggest weaknesses with the the story or the game. It's the the expansion itself is that the story ended really yeah. abruptly. <clears throat> but I also they've they've been very vocal about that this is like a stepping off point for a story they're going to be telling about they're going to be telling over the course of the next sure. year. And so if I think about it that way. It doesn't feel as jarring. It doesn't feel as bothersome. It feels like okay, this is this is them introducing something that they're going to keep on. They're going to keep on adding to over the next year. And if they do that, I feel like it could be some of the best storytelling in Destiny. Sure. I, if they fail to deliver on that, it could be a huge. I problem. I really <laughs> like the the cutscenes, and it feels like they're trying to avoid having to do cutscenes. I, I I disagreed actually. I felt like the cutscene. I I thought the cutscenes were really strong. No, no, no. I think one. they're good. I think um, they're trying to limit how much they have to do it, and so by cutting the campaign short, they only have to do a certain amount of cutscenes. Um, oh, maybe. So. And so that's that's why the campaign is kept short, and then they could do the rest of the story through the bounties and the the quests. Um, and so, right, written text right. and things like that. Exactly. And things. Yeah, maybe um, so. So they don't have to bring yeah. in uh, like actors to um, to act out the the voice the scenes and do the voice acting for those uh, cut scenes. Um, it yeah. takes longer to set up cameras and record and then do sound design for those specific things uh, because yeah. it's for the cut scenes you usually do have to redo the sound design. It's not just playing game sounds from the game. They're having to go back through and do mm. a sound design pass, uh, do do a music right. pass. Um, so it's not as easy as just like setting up the camera and just hitting record and then. Right. So right. I, th- well, and the voice acting is some of the strongest that I think the game has seen so far. Eris yes. Morn, her character, it, as far as strengths go, well, let me just start like the atmosphere of this um, DLC feels mm-hmm. really great. And, and in many ways, I feel like I feel like I'm playing the game. I feel like I'm playing Destiny One again, and I mean that in the best yeah. way possible. Um, in Destiny 2, for a long time, I always felt like there was this missing atmosphere and weightiness to the story and to what mm-hmm. I was doing. Uh, even with Forsaken, I felt that way, and I, I don't even know exactly why. But then now we're back on the moon, and you have Eris Morn, and the atmosphere is so strong, and they have such, like, some really great cinematic moments to where it's not really a spoiler because it's the first mission, but. You turn the corner in this um, space on mm-hmm. the moon, and you see all these like specters floating God, in the sky beautiful. against the earth as yeah. a backdrop. It was beautiful and like kind of like Very scary eerie. and haunting and like mm-hmm. eerie. Yeah, and it was like immediately, like I think they even disabled your sprint ability, 
mm-hmm. that moment. So like you had to like there was one moment where they actually disabled your ability yeah. to sprint, so that you had to walk slowly mm-hmm. in this vista, and like that was super cool. Like so I turned around. I knew that I knew those floating specters were going to be there. I knew we were going to be on the moon. But as soon as that happened, I was like, yeah. this is awesome. And then the next corner you turn, if you're a Destiny fan, you'll know what I'm talking about. The next corner you turn, you see a pyramid mm-hmm. ship in this crevice in the moon. And the pyramid ship is a big deal. If you're if you're a Destiny fan or not, I'll just explain. Like, um, you're you're an agent of the light, and then there's the darkness. And we've never actually truly seen the darkness, except for like a five second cutscene at the end of Vanilla Destiny Two, where the Traveler's Light went out Mm -hmm. into space, and then you see these black tetrahedron, but we just call them pyramids for, sim- yeah. for simplicity, like pyramid ships out in space that are activated by the light and start heading mm-hmm. towards it. And we know that that's the darkness or something. Like we know that that's something yeah. serious. Uh, and, and we know from like lore from different things that people have been studying that, that they actually represent the darkness. Like those are, those are like the physical manifestation of this evil force that we're kind of mm-hmm. against. And but they've always felt like eventually, hopefully, they'll be in the game, and then you turn this corner and, and on the moon, and there's yeah. one right there. And it's freaky because it's like <laughs> you expect you don't expect a ship like that to be underground, right. you know, sunken into the moon uh, subsurface, and like it's right. and it's very contrast to like the the rocks and the the cave that you're in. Yeah, uh, so yeah. great, and yeah. it's just it's just yeah, it's great yeah. design, and then like. As you're approaching, um, or I guess later on, as you're approaching, there's that light that comes from it, um, and it's mm. uh, when you first get to the ship and you're about to enter, it just like grabs you and starts pulling you in. Right. Yeah, and it was just like a really, really interesting um, contrast with with the ship and the the location it was at. You're not expecting a ship that oh, size yeah. to be underground. Um, yeah, it's massive. And it's, it yeah. was creepy, and it was really well done. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was so it was so strong. It was like I was sort of interested in the story, mm-hmm. kind of, and then I saw that ship and I was hooked. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Let's do this. And then I like this because Destiny doesn't always have like the clearest. Like, I don't know why I'm doing yeah, what right. I'm doing. Like, I, I don't know why I'm doing this mm-hmm. mission right now. And it's like this is super simple. It's like we got to get inside the ship so we can understand what's happening and hopefully get an advantage against this yeah. enemy. But you need to get this armor to be able to get mm-hmm. inside the ship. So the whole campaign is basically you killing nightmares and forging armor to yep. get inside the ship. And it's like, that's super simple, but I'm also very invested. And then as far as like the depth goes, that's where Eris mm-hmm. comes in. Eris is a, a character from destiny one. And she's always been this like very like goth, like moody, whatever, you know? And, and I knew that she had like this terrible experience where she tried to, her and her fire team tried to raid Crota's lair. And then they like all were brutally yeah. murdered, you know, except for her, uh, and she sur- survived for hundreds of years in the hell mouth on, on the moon and like stole acolytes eyes and like put them in herself so yeah. she could see, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, that's really creepy. And you're, you're very moody and weird. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know how to respond to you. And I honestly like Eris has been a favorite for a lot of people, but I never really cared for her that much until yeah, right. now. She's incredible now. And the, the voice acting is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, part of what's happening is she's being haunted by the specters of her former mm-hmm, fire that team that died. And, it, and in some ways it's like a very profound message about mm-hmm. trauma and loss um, and how 
these are kind of physical manifestations of something that's been happening inside of her for years. Yeah. Right. That these people that she went and that her fire team that she went to the moon with, they've been haunting her for as long as yeah. it's been. But now there's like these physical manifestations that are actually there. And you well, even see. she, I mean, she, and she's haunted by the fact that she survived and they didn't. Um, and 100%. A, a, a yeah. lot of survivors. A lot of what you're doing there. after the campaign is kind of helping her reconcile. Um, yes. Kind of how she feels about it. And I think they're going super deep with it uh, there because you're like, you're having to find uh, an artifact of each of these fire team members and, and right. help her um, kind of remember the good about, um, yeah. about each fire team yeah. member and, and, yeah. you know, why they were, were important to her and, and rather than being haunted by the fact that they died and she survived. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. super cool. And so like, I, I literally cannot wait to log in every Tuesday yeah. to do that. Like I, I'm so invested yeah. in that and I can't wait. Like there's lore that you get. So yes, I, I'm, I'm going to jump around, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, you find this like unknown artifact um, toward the end of the campaign. So in a campaign, you actually get to go inside mm-hmm. the ship and the weirdest thing happens. Like you get sucked mm-hmm. in and your ghost starts talking in a very weird yeah. way. And your ghost is actually the voice of the darkness speaking to you. Like they took yeah. over your ghost and they're talking to you. And so the first thing they say to you is we've been waiting and you're like, uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so you go on this ship and the ship is very like ominous and, and just weird. The architecture is different than anything else you've seen. And it kind of goes in these different directions and, you know, like it's like very sharp geometry mm-hmm. and um, very, very like cold space, uh, but very ominous. And you can just see these like beady red mm-hmm. eyes like in the walls and it's very cool. Like, and you go through and you fight these nightmares from yeah. your past, right? So, and, and some people are going to complain about reused content. I don't really care because it was it was used very smartly yeah. in the story. Uh, but they're t- basically the darkness. Every time you go and you fight like a a, a former villain, so like um, Gaul, um, Dominus Gaul, right? You fight Dominus Gaul again in the nightmare of him, and then the darkness comes in and speaks. And this is where my theory comes in. The darkness comes in and speaks, and they're like, the light just stood there and abandoned mm-hmm. you. You know, like the, basically, like, basically talking about how the light is right. not good, and the light is not going to take mm-hmm. care of you, and the light, you know, like the light is too weak and ineffectual right. to do anything. Or like, um, you know, the, the light, uh, like failed guardians when they assaulted Crota, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the light abandoned Cade. Right when he was Same thing killed with, with you know, uh, have you done the, some of those Tolan? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, those, those things, same thing. It's trying to convince you that, um, you're not actually on the side of good. Um, you're actually right. doing harm. Uh, well, and the funny thing is I wouldn't even go that far yet, but I would say like, it's basically like when I was first listening to it, I was like, that's crazy. Cause like I beat Dominus Gaul because of the light and I beat like Cade's killers because of the light and I beat Crota because of the light, mm-hmm. etc. Right. So I go through and then I've been thinking on it. And over the past year, they've been threading the story of like blending light mm-hmm. and dark. Right. So there's these different things in the lore, which are really great. Um, and the darkness uses something called light or the hive use something called sword mm-hmm. logic. And basically their idea is the weak don't right. survive, you know, like, so if I love something, I try right. to kill it because I want to help it grow stronger. 
which is a very like messed up morbid thing. And if I kill it, then it, it needed mm-hmm. to die, right? And so there's a sword logic versus bomb logic, which is what the light is. And basically, you have these ideas of like a sword is a, is as simple and fine as a blade. It's like a very, it's like a simple yeah. thing, and simplicity is what it's going for. We're trying to remove everything that's not simple, right. and then a bomb is like an incredibly complex right. thing. Um, and, and like you see that that difference also in like the traveler is a complex geometric shape. It's a sphere, oh. which is our, like apparently like one of the most complex oh, yeah. geometric shapes yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in existence versus a tetrahedron or a pyramid, which is one of the most right. simple. Right. So there's this ideas of like simplicity versus complexity and which one is stronger. And they're at like basically an internal war with each other. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, I, watch my name is by listeners. Just watch him. He's just great. He breaks down the stuff and it makes it makes everything in the game way yeah. more fun and interesting. Um, but I think the theory is my, my theory is this. The darkness is not trying to convince us to abandon the light. It's trying to convince us that we've been using the darkness the whole time. Oh, because like if you. If you look back, like there's a lot of things being alluded to as us being these like yeah. murderers, us being these killers, us being these things that remove and kill throughout everything. Like if it's a bad thing, right. we go kill it, right? And and uh, the the darkness is talking about how weak and ineffectual the light is, referring to all these enemies that we beat, mm. right? And so I think that the darkness is ultimately saying like you've been using me the whole time. Interesting. Right. And I, now I need to convince you of that so you'll come and join me. Because the Crota fight is the last one you do, the Crota nightmare fight. And a very key aspect of that fight is that you use Crota's own swords right. to kill him. Right. You use the sword. He's da- his shield is damaged by gunfire, but you can't do any damage to his health unless you right. use a sword. Which means that we're using the sword logic. We're using the darkness to beat the darkness. Huh, that's interesting. And so, and so I think that it's going to be kind of a mind game that the darkness is yeah. playing with us because at the end there's this really interesting cutscene where you see a reflection yeah. of yourself and it's the darkness speaking through, to you. Through you. Yeah. Through you. And it's saying, and, and I think it's interesting, it's a mirror reflection mm-hmm. of you, right? But it's the darkness. And it's also saying like, I'm not your friend, I'm not your enemy, I'm your salvation. Yeah. And I think it's the darkness... I don't know if this is happening or not, but my theory is that the darkness is going to try and convince us that we've been using the darkness the whole time, and that's how we've been successful, not the mm. light. And then try and get us to really truly join. Well, that's the interesting. Cause. That that line, um, uh, "I am your salvation," was made Ikora and Eris both very very angry. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I'm wondering if if like you might get to a point to where you're having to fight some of your own people. I hope not. I mean, like, I don't want to join the darkness because it looks insane yeah. and creepy, but it sounds like the great a great villain I want to fight, but I think that that's going to be the kind of moral conundrum behind yeah. everything because, like, this past year has been very much like, like, uh, Aldrin even says to you, the line between light and dark is so very thin. How do you know which yeah. side you're on? You know, and and and... So I think that that's kind of what they were playing with the whole time. And then Gambit is really tied into this as well. Like you're embracing the power of the darkness, becoming an overall stronger guardian while staying on the light side. And then there's all this stuff with the story of the thorn and the last word. And, um, 
I can't remember what the other one is, but like basically all this stuff about guardians who start using the darkness to become mm. stronger. Um, and so it's, it, to me, it feels like a very natural progression yeah. into this like conundrum that you're going to face as a character, but I don't know if they'll go that deep with it, but I wanted to get it on record right. just in case. We'll be, it would be very interesting if yeah. some, if like, um, like Ikora, if she, if she turned because she, oh, yeah. she got put. So like, with Eris, she's got those specters, and they're constantly trying to invade her mind and kind of, like, have her give in to that she right. did wrong or she was, you know, how Drew let the, your fire team die. She's haunted by that. And I think with those right. ghosts, they're trying to get her to give in to that. And it would be interesting if, if like, you helped Eris, like, what if, what if you're, as you're helping Eris, Ikora is slowly giving in to that. Uh, and then she oh, she kind of turns. That'd be so, interesting. Um, I'm just very curious where they're going with it. But that that was the only way it can reconcile in my yeah. brain so far. Like, what's happening here? And I think, I think that makes a lot of sense because, like, with that with that cutscene with um, with the darkness talking through you, um, it's a very much <clears throat> which side is actually. Um, so you're trying to figure out which side you're actually on, or you know, the darkness and the light. It would be interesting if, if like Ikora right. or you know someone else, um, another big guardian is is going through that same thing, and like what happens if they do give in? That would be interesting. Or if it's sure. like, what if you you actually give in throughout this whole process? You actually give it in, and you start, you know, you start to have to fight against other guardians uh, that are that haven't given in. Or it could be really interesting if there's like a, a player choice mm. where it's yeah. like. All the players are given the opportunity to go with the darkness or the light. Ooh. And then what happens? Ooh, what does happen from there? That's that's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people are going to choose the darkness. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I feel like just to be different. And dark side is always more powerful. I'm going to go with the light yeah. all the way. Isn't, yeah. isn't the dark, isn't the dark side that. always more powerful yeah. in Star Wars universe? No, it's just a quicker way gotcha. to power. It's not okay. more powerful. All right. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to us. Uh, Shadow Keep yeah. talk. Um, hopefully, it didn't spoil much for you guys. But if it did, I hope it kind of gives you a an idea of what to expect and make you want to jump in and play some. So, yeah. Yeah. So yep, yep. this is fun. We should do this more. Yeah. Indeed. Cool. For it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all.